The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Hello, I'm Scott Soshner. I'm Evan Novi-Williams. Oh my, did you hear who's back now? Hi, Evan, and I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we... We all, once again. Yes, we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Nice to have the team all together again. How was your trip? It was good. Yeah, very relaxing. Uh, always tough to get back to, to New York City after uh, a week in the woods, but... No complaints. <laughs> Saw more people on my plane than I did for the seven days, I think, before it. What was the most manly thing you did? Oh, there was an eight-foot bonfire. We buried a 15-pound eh. pork roast for, oh, for 24 hours an next next to our fire. fire. That's a big fire, man. Yeah. Well, that's a fire. <laughs> hope, hope the park rangers aren't listening to that. Yeah, no. no, that's a fire. Uh, you're a regular Ewell Gibbons, man. Uh, let's start <laughs> first topic, uh, the baseball Jersey patch, uh, the success of the national basketball association's decision to allow for Jersey branding, which brings in an average of about $7 million a year per team has reportedly created considerable interest for MLB franchises to follow suit. You don't say <laughs> <laughs> golly gee, as, I'm, as- as Shot. David Stern said in private years ago, it had nothing to do, and I think I've said this before, with this being such special territory and ground and, the <laughs> oh, you have to respect the uniform and the pristine nature. When there was enough money, he'll do it when there's enough money. Guess what? There's enough money. That's, that's what's going on. And 81 games or 82 games in basketball, 162 in baseball, so right. there's more exposure. And particularly in places where uh, certain teams are very popular, Dodgers, Yankees, you could see some real money coming from some Asian companies. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that you know the, the leagues that are not doing this yet are all looking at it. And, and I wouldn't be shocked if in five years we have patches on NHL jerseys and NFL jerseys and baseball jerseys in addition to, to the NBA. You know? It's amazing in sports marketing, we're so far ahead in the U.S. than Europe. And then when it comes to things like sports betting and jersey branding, we're so far behind. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason for, for astute baseball fans, if you've watched any MLB game overseas, whether the games in Japan that started the season or the ones in London just a couple of weeks ago, you see jersey patches there. Um, so, so MLB has done it before for the games internationally. And part of their reasoning is that, as you said, Scott, internationally in, in baseball, it's common to have advertising on the jerseys, much like it is to have advertising on international soccer jerseys, on international basketball jerseys. Um, but yeah, the the double the amount of regular season games is, is helpful. You know, baseball is also a more static sport. You can imagine, you know, if it's on Aaron Judge's shoulder and he's leaning forward, right, and, and his entire at-bat, that sleeve patch, if they put it on the sleeve, could be visible from the TV, right? There's a lot less movement from a from a micro-moment standpoint in baseball than there is in basketball, which might drive up the value here a little bit more. I just always remember when uh, Hideki Matsui played for the Yankees and they were in the World Series and that Komatsu sign in right field. Yeah. And he hit, yeah. the, he hit the home run of the Komatsu sign more than they could ever have hoped for. But again, these guys are walking billboards. Exactly. And, and I think I've been hit on the head. I like Judge, every at-bat, so much camera time. 
great value there. So one question I do have in, in the NBA, correct me if I'm wrong, we're at almost every team has a has a jersey yeah. patch, if yep. not all of them. Yep, all you of know, them do, yeah. um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Yankees decide not to do this, right? I mean, the Yankees are not want for for money, right? Um, they've never put a last name on a jersey ever. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, you know, among those teams that you know have a tradition, you know, kind of a pristine look type thing, they they haven't changed their jerseys in a long time. Do you think the Yankees would 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 put these on? They like you said, they certainly don't need the money. It would have to be a brand alignment that the synergies of the brands would have to work. Um, but I could see your point there that they definitely are known for at least telling us it's the pristine area, the, the no name. So I, I see your point. Maybe not. I, I could see that the Yankees, here I go. I could see the Yankees being the Daytona 500 of MLB. Explain did, that did, for did, our, he, for he, our did, he just NASCAR us? I, I did. If, if Ladies I, and gentlemen, <laughs> send it all to at Big Bar Sports. <laughs> Every other NASCAR race now is sponsored. Mm. Everyone. You know, it, it, and and which leads us to names that we used to have in the past, the the Crown Royal uh, Five Hundred and whatever. But the Daytona Five Hundred always stayed the Daytona Five Hundred. Yeah, in the meantime, state a, every driver, every car is plastered with. Yeah, the, I, I mean, come on, I, I agree with you. But Penny, I mean, the don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> the countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Uh, let's move Moving on. on. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The Packers, they're having an operating uh, profit problem. There's a major drop over the past fiscal year. It was due to multiple atypical expenses. Now here's my fun, by the way. So Eben does this story every year. It's sort of been like a little tradition. Eben does the Packers <laughs> like financial story. Me, yeah. yeah. And I'm saying and nor you know, he normally gets a heads up, but Eben was in Canada this year, you know, off. And there's not a regularly scheduled date for it to be released that you tell you ahead of time. And all of a sudden I see it starting to come across. I'm like, Whoa, Evan cannot be in Canada for this. But far, and I'm going to let Evan handle it because I know he hasn't since brushed up from his pig roasting uh, bonfire Canoeing. building. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, don't even look at the Packers operating. Like, that really, nobody cares about the one team and their operating profit. It gives a little glimpse. But what this is really useful for is the top line number that gets divided by 32. It shows you the NFL's revenue and how much each team share. That's the big number that everybody wants to see. Yeah, this is the really the only glimpse that we get into the the, the finances of the NFL, especially since they gave up their tax exemption back in 2015. Yeah, what's um, Roger Goodell making this year? Don't it? <laughs> yeah, we we don't know anymore. A lot, I know that. Um, but you know, just to give some numbers out there, so the Packers, you know, they had 480 million dollars in total revenue. Of that, almost 60 percent, so 275 million was the shared piece, right? So every team gets that equally. 275 so 275 times 32. Times 32 $8.8 billion is the amount of money that the NFL shares in national revenue every year to its teams. Uh, that's not all their revenue, obviously. You know, the, the NFL is around a $14, $15 billion 
league right now with with aspirations to get much higher. But that's the piece that every team, whether it's the Packers, whether it's the Bengals, whether it's the Cowboys, everyone gets that. And then, Evan, hold on. I, yeah. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but yeah. do you know the salary cap this year? I don't know the salary All right, cap. Right I'm going right to tell you this. It's, it's, it's been it was, going up a lot. But it's 200 yeah. and how much? <clears throat> 275 million. All right, let, is what each let, team let me tell you something about the salary cap. It's far below that. So, <laughs> so do the math bar just on the national shared money. You are way ahead on your biggest expense, and that's the cost of players. I'm going to ask a yep. question, and uh, I'm going to show my ignorance. I mean, I know. Go ahead. That's, go ahead. It was Play too easy. It was too easy. You, no. you were there. Because the Packers are the only team really in the NFL that's quote-unquote publicly owned, Yeah. Don't they have to have like a shareholders meeting and we can find out more they about do, the Packers? They do have a shareholders meeting. It's this is the this is the extent of, of what we get. Yeah, this you is know, all the, the numbers you're gonna get. The shareholder there's you know, there's three hundred and sixty thousand Packers shareholders. Right. You know, there's a there's a meeting in Green Bay that you're allowed to come to every year. You know, it's it's not a tradition it's not a stock in the in the tradition. There's no sense. voting right. rights. Yeah. You get there's a piece no, of paper to hang on your wall. Yeah, That's you, what you get. Yeah, you theoretically yeah. do get to vote, but but yeah, there, it doesn't appreciate in value. You can't resell it. If if you want to get rid of it, you sell it back to the Packers for uh for the price that you paid for it. They haven't sold stock in two thousand and twelve and they did that because there was a big capital project around Lambeau Field that they wanted to do. So it's not really a traditional, you know, we're not going to get a P and L sheet and things like that. Um, but as you said, you know, we, we get a sense of for most teams, kind of roughly how the breakdown gets down. The Packers make about 60% of their revenue nationally from that revenue share another 40% locally, you know, and that's sweet sales. That's local merchandise sales. If you want to have your son's bar mitzvah at Lambeau field, you can do it. But see, you know, what's unfair and what you just said is that, okay, you can sell your share back for what you paid for it. Yeah. But what happens if the team's valuation shoots up? You, it's not. It's you, not a traditional. Yeah, don't think of it as yeah. like a traditional right. security. Think of it's it as just, a piece of paper. It's a piece of paper to hang on your wall. And boy, do the Packers have a great system whereby they can always issue more. Yep. To pay for <laughs> things like, like printing upgrades money. to li- li- yeah. yes. No, and exactly. I got to tell you, Bar. I am stunned that other teams, while you don't have to technically go through the process of becoming the same sort of structure as the Packers, every team should sell stock. Yeah, I, that, that you always confused jacket, me how that You get a certificate, worked. you get one day a year where maybe you can show up and take batting practice. Every team should do this and raise money. I'm not convinced that they would be allowed to. I mean, I, I would bet you that at the, at the NFL front office, they hate the fact that oh, they every don't like the year being the, out Packers, sure, of course. the Packers release these No, but, but I mean, that's the thing. Without going through the same structure, I'm saying not everybody would have to disclose, Evan. It, it would totally be nothing. Like the Yankees should say, okay, we're going to sell shares of the for, team. Yeah. yeah, you know, you get a special certificate, you get an owner's jacket. Mm-hmm. And, and you it, get the name of Star. Yeah, they, yeah, they <laughs> put a brick outside with your name on it. The team gets the money. You get nothing but stuff for your man gift. Yeah. And just to explain. And people would buy it. Yeah. And, and just to explain what, what you said at the beginning there, Michael, about op, uh, operating profit. Uh, profit was down almost 98% this year which is kind of misleading. It's it's a totally cyclical part of the NFL business. You know, the Packers gave big contracts Bonus to baby. Aaron Rodgers, Zadarius <laughs> Smith. Uh, they have a new head coach, which is which is often a big expense up front. Well, you're paying the off N- the old head coach. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> the NFL concussion settlement, um, teams are paying into that now, so that was an expense as well. Um, but, you know, it goes to show you just roughly the, the amount of money coming in here with all those expenses. The team did turn a profit still. It wasn't the $35 million they turned last year. Um, it was about $720,000. But, you know, revenue has gone up for 16 consecutive years for the NFL. 
that six that eight point eight billion dollar share number that's up from six point six or six billion just three years ago, three four years ago. Um, it, it, the NFL is a wash in money. Uh, moving on, this one is a serious story. WNBA suspension. WNBA has suspended Los Angeles Sparks guard, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name, Rikuna Williams. I hope I'm saying that right. For ten games, without pay, as a result of a domestic violence incident involving her ex-girlfriend in December. Well, the point was here. I think the big point here was that the WNBA did not have a specific W or a uh, specific domestic violence policy. Yeah, like you're seeing in the in NFL all the now. Leagues, right. Yeah, you have even the allegation or the is enough now to get you suspended in the NFL. Right. So. Uh, leagues have to deal with this issue. I don't want to make it so much about this player. I mean, it's a 10-game suspension. Uh, if you compare that because of the shorter season, it's it's roughly you know quarter of the season. So significant. Of course, the union will appeal. But it's more about how leagues and teams and commissioners are dealing with domestic violence because it's not okay anymore to not have a policy and wing it. Right. Yeah, I think that that's right. I mean, the, the domestic violence seems to occupy kind of a, a special space because of, you know, the speed of the 24-hour news cycle, the amount, I mean, the, the, the seriousness of the allegations, but also kind of the difficulty in proving them. Uh, so for a long time, domestic violence kind of fell under the serious misconduct policy that every league and the WNBA included has and then we've seen as scott said recently a number of leagues separate them out right so the nba takes out domestic violence sexual assault and child abuse has their own separate kind of personal conduct policy around that whereby similar to the nfl you can be suspended the nba calls it put on administrative leave paid leave when the allegations come out while the league or the team kind of do the investigation um, I would imagine, you know, this is a CBA issue, right? So the WNBA needs to negotiate this with its players. But it does make sense, I think, especially now in today's climate, that you have a policy in place uh, whereby once serious allegations, as, as these ones against the Sparks player are, once they come yeah. out, you have some recourse to take action quickly. And league I should be calling union. Union should be right. calling league saying, let's get this done. And I need to, to fill in some gaps here. This incident happened also, in December. Yeah. In April, Williams was arrested on felony charges of burglary with assault battery and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill. So this is where this all stemmed from. Uh, and then she was arrested several months later. So, And it's by no means a first for the WNBA. You know, five years ago, Brittany Griner, who was one of the big WNBA stars, I believe she was suspended uh, as a result of a domestic violence incident. Um, it's not like the, the WNBA has never had this issue before, so they hadn't thought to to address it. Um, it's been a problem before, as it is for, for, for many, many leagues. And I do imagine the next round of negotiations will produce a uh, specific policy. You've been listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, and we're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday for you talking about the biggest news in sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Jeff Hamilton, former NHL player uh, and coach of Scott's son's uh, youth hockey team. <laughs> Connecticut Junior Rangers, Woo! Brick Tournament Champions. Nobody gave out their Twitter feed, so I'm going to do it. Novi uh, underscore Williams at Big Bar Sports. Thank you, sir. That you was can nice follow of you. me at Sashnik. <laughs> You've been listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg around the world and online wherever you get your podcast. 
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.